Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. Now, it is not often that in these times of war I can bring you something that truly brings out the passion for my work out like I can do today. I am not exaggerating or joking when I tell you that I haven't been, been feeling so happy about an episode that I'm about to record for such a long time. This is probably one of the more, you know, cathartic episodes for me. And hey, if you have a few beers, join in. This is going to be great. You see, I, uh, I spent some time recently talking with uh, some of my legitimate businessmen friends, and uh, that went dark places and led to some weird experiences and, and, and unwilling participation into some nasty stuff. And after that, I got immensely drunk with uh, some Belarusian partisans who were on their way to Lithuania to meet with uh, Svetlana Tikhanovskaya and do things there. And it's been insane. So today, this morning, I have been spending about three hours immensely hungover and trying to cure my headaches with a few beers while watching Putin's speech with uh, Russian so-called war correspondents. Let me tell you, this was the perfect mood for journalism, because, you know, if I was doing this while feeling like an actually decent human being, you know, without this massive headache and the, the willingness to go out and pause the whole, st the whole stream to go and puke a bit, oh boy, that would be weird. But my gonzo heart is fully beating, because what happened in this speech is that now all of the Z community, Girkin included, all these buddies out there, all, all the guys that are our favorite nemeses that you love on this show so much, they state that, for one, Girkin said that he can't believe that this was the real Putin talking, it had to be one of his buddy doubles. Everyone else calls him a senile man who does not understand anything that's happening that is even remotely connected to reality. But I'll get to that part. Because, wow... I haven't seen a politician fail so bad openly for such a long time and, and proving all this stuff. But let's get to the beginning. For starters, there's this thing called the, the International Economics Forum in St. Petersburg. And you see, I've been on my report uh, and, and talking about this for the past few days. Like, it's been so bizarre. It's been weird. They had a lot of autos there. You know, one of the limos they have there. And Anton Sulanov, the Minister of Finance, together with guys uh, who are the CEOs of the company that made it, they, they failed multiple times to even start that car. And then it drove like 30 meters or so and, and ended up like not working afterwards. And they managed to say that this is all because, uh, the, you know, they had turned off the car previously in the factory, but left it in the gear, because it's obviously a manual car, and that's like, you know, hurt the car's faction. This is just one of the things. There'll be more, because we'll get to the main subject. Because, wow, the, the Putin had tried to prove to look cool to kids and Algerian president when he was asked about, you know, Died Maroz, Russian version of Santa Claus and what he thinks of it and he honestly answered that he you know believes that Santa Claus is doing fine it's been insanity at the same time Anton Silanov the finance minister also stated that to optimize resources and show efficiency that all Russian politicians should switch to driving their own cars and that's that's not me making stupid jokes or anecdotes here and sorry about the background noise here I my head is just gonna explode if, if I'll if I'll not, not get out this out of my system sorry <clears throat> Basically, oh boy, at one point Putin apparently had decided to organize a meeting between him and his war correspondents, okay? Now the thing is, these war correspondents have been very active lately and, and they wanted this meeting to go and talk to Putin to basically show that, you know, 
they can get information to him up straight, you know, because they claim on their Z channels that <laughs> the whole Ministry of Defense and, and everything else tied to the media, you know, that they're relaying things to Putin in a bad way. What happened was, instead of, you know, them giving information to Putin about the situation in the front, Putin started talking about what he thinks of the events on the, pr on the front and about the whole war and everything, and that ended up terrible. First thing of note here, by the way, uh, is that uh, these war correspondents have been forced to sit in quarantine. And what is this quarantine? This is still the COVID thing. Do you remember the, the long table stuff? Oh boy, this was excellent. So you see, these guys apparently for the last two weeks, and, and I'm not exaggerating here, they literally said that there. For the past two weeks, these guys have been sitting in this extra harsh quarantine you have to go through to even see Putin unless you're like Xi Jinping. And this is one of the reasons why they, you know, what everyone thinks it was Putin's body doubles up there. So you see, for the past two weeks, they've been living in some secluded hotel rooms where food was literally given to them by people wearing full hazmat suits. They had to give, apparently, uh, COVID tests daily, including, um, as people report, uh, as has been done before, by the way, with journalists accredited to meet Mr. Putin, uh, you know, the... the fecal matter tests as well, regularly. So for the last two weeks, they have been sitting in their own rooms, and we're talking like big war corps here, like all of the guys, Vilnius, Dmitriel, I mean, uh, Raibar included. Like, this is so stupid. So what's been happening is that they've been sitting in the quarantine, and and they never mentioned this, they just mentioned this on the whole speech, and then they say, well, I'm here from the quarantine. Look, at least I'm honest about what I am in Ukraine and I'm not in Ukraine. And these guys have been like promoting and retweeting and sharing all their stuff for the past two weeks while sitting in their room and not even being honest about it and like lying about this. Because even their location and the fact that they were in this quarantine, that was top secret too. I mean, think about how much you lie to your audience if you are not honest about what you do. And like, if they had said, oh, sorry, we're in this quarantine, we're not in the front lines right now, we're not experiencing or talking with the fighters there or something, but we have our sources and everything, that would be an honest thing. You know, that's what I do, because I have my sources, but I'm currently not in Ukraine. I will be there soon enough. But uh, to just blatantly lie about this and hide this fact from your audience, that's, that's a whole mess. But then... They truly got stunned. Um, Putin was called a miserable worm and a senile person who has shown, shown he has no plan of the war multiple times at this point. This is a matter of national shame. So what did he say about the plans? I'll, and I'll get, get the quote out properly because, oh, this is, this is where the insanity truly begins. Get in, guys. This is going to be fun. So... Putin was asked about the goals of the war, you know, what the big goals are, and are they changing, and what's happening, like, what, what does Russia even want to achieve in this war? And his answer was that, well, you know, our goals in this military operation are ever-changing according to the current operational situation, however, on fundamental levels, they, of course, remain the same. So, the goals are ever-changing, yet they remain the same, and he never even called one. No idea, no clue about what's going on. And and what it seemed there, he also started like naming crazy numbers about the front to the point that, you know, even these paid people who are literally paid to go on the front lines and do propaganda work and everything, even they said, you know, dude, it's a bit too much. Apparently, Putin honestly gets, you know, 
you would presume that uh, he would get his sources from from various, you know, he would get his information from various sources. But no, no, apparently he truly just watches Konoshenkov, the the Russian Ministry of Defense guy who goes on the official screen and just spouts nonsense, you know. Uh, he's the dude who often quotes that there are more high bars destroyed than whatever supplied to Ukraine and more Bayraktars than ever have been built. But the, this, this whole attachment and, and, you know, connection to reality means nothing because now we know for sure that whenever Koroshenkov opens his mouth, it's just for this one dude, Mr. Putin himself. And the thing is, he truly does believe all that nonsense. He, for example, stated that Ukrainian counteroffensive is going super smooth for Russia and everything's achieved. They are, of course, of course, winning everywhere. And then he, I don't even know how and how can you do this and be so weird. He started quoting unreasonable numbers. He said that from a 4th of June, when he claims counteroffensive started, Ukraine has lost insane amounts of Leopard tanks and, and everything. Like... I know about the intensity going on there. It's like skirmishes now. The main main line of Ukraine has not even involved itself into attack. And everyone on the War Corp side, even like on the pro-war Z side, even they know the fact that, yeah, Russia, like Ukraine has a lot of reserves. There's been like borders, skirmishes, small advances, you know, scouting by, by combat, all that good stuff. But Putin just managed to state that 360 armored trucks have been destroyed, 160 tanks... And, and then he started saying that they basically kill 1,500 or something Ukrainians per day. Like, 1,500 dead in casualties. That's hard to achieve, even when the fighting was hardest. And that was the most awful thing. And then he opens his mouth. And of course, you know, you, you, you can never even think that there could be the possibility that, you know, they, they, they'll reach a new low. And then he opens his mouth and says... Oh, well, you know, obviously uh, the defense is always, you know, in a better position from the offensive side in this battle. And proudly claims, of course, you know, the casualty rate between Russians and Ukrainians is 10 to 1 in our favor. It's very good that Ukrainians are so incompetent and losing 10 times more. Losing 10 times more soldiers to what? These numbers are unrealistic. They are just bizarre. It's kind of like, if, if this intensity would have been going on for at least, I don't know, two months or something, then both sides would have been bled out for a long while. The standard, by the way, uh, discrepancy between numbers, even, you know, on active days, it all depends on how many casualties become dead and how many can then return to war. And it's usually like three to one or something. For every three people that are wounded in the war and then, you know, go to hospitals and come back, there's one dead. So with that, with, with his data, if it would be realistic, then Ukrainians with one with fifteen hundred Ukrainians dead by the day, that would be like five thousand, like four thousand five hundred Ukrainian casualties per day, and that was too much even for these for these war correspondents because you know they are there to kind of explain Putin what's going on in the front lines, and he just comes out and says, "No, guys, I know better than everything. Here is what Kodoshredkov has said about all the madness happening, and we're gonna go with this." And then, then it's kind of like, he was he was asked about the demilitarization, you know, because uh, he he was asked once again when he said nothing about the ever-changing goals of the war that never changed. He was then asked to basically state that, you know, de demilitarization, denazification of, of Ukraine, he responded, and I quote here, and this is just this is the funniest thing I have heard in a long while, quote, 
As for demilitarization, soon Ukraine will stop using its own equipment altogether. There is nothing left. Everything on which they fight and everything that they use is, bro is brought in from the outside. Well, you can't fight like that for long. So, they have demilitarized Ukraine because they have no, their own equipment and now they're fighting on everything the West has been given them. That's, that's not how this works. And Dmitry Peskov, Putin's spokesperson, elaborated on this when he was asked about this whole madness, because this has gone, this has gone wild and become wild. And he stated, quote, As Putin said yesterday, one of the tasks was to demilitarize Ukraine. In fact, this task has largely been accomplished. Ukraine is using fewer and fewer of its weapons, and more and more it is using weapon systems supplied to it by Western countries. This is bad country insanity. This isn't... Oh. See, this is the point where, you know, you have to portray something as a victory. This is why the Belarusians, by the way, were so worried because I, I think, you know, they're worried that he might do something to Lukashenko to just look cooler because this was the worst PR failure of all times. And of course, Putin went on and on about how Russian soldiers are winning all the time, you know, all these casualties of Ukrainians, everything. He showed like he had no plan. He was asked multiple times about, you know, how about mobilization? What are you, what are you going to do? And Viktor Salaksnes and, and, and Girkin and everyone just reacted to this with laughter. Because Putin also stated that, uh, you know, in case Ukrainians carry out uh, more attacks on our territory, then we shall have to uh, create some sanitary zone. And all these pro-Z guys also just repeat, what sanitary zone, with what forces you refuse to mobilize? But, but Putin's reaction basically was about all the situation was, hey, you know, well, you know, we'll see how things go. Me, maybe mobilize, maybe not. Uh, does anyone see Medvedev? Please power uh, the, him a bit more vodka. He's getting too sober or something. Like, seriously, out of touch at all and just show that he has no plan. He's shown to be a weak leader. And, you know, and, and he speaks about these glorious Russian victories, speaks like, out of Kodoshenkov's mouth, and Kodoshenkov is the spokesperson of Ministry of Defense, who, like I said, is the guy who just lies all the time about everything. You know, Russia is destroying all the tanks, all the tanks, all the time, every day. Like, one one blast from a rocket and all of Ukraine's tanks are gone. Every day they destroy, like, bajillion of them. The numbers don't even matter at this point. And then, and then for some reason, on the third hour, on even through this situation, he goes into the worst triad ever, about how he's been deceived all the time. But that's the thing. He's talking to an audience of pro-war people. Like, pro-war guys who are very much radical and, and to, the, to the right of even Putin, who think he's too weak, and who claim that there are some mysterious liberals out there right out to get him and destroy Russia. And he goes on about how, been, how he has been tricked all the time. Evil, the only thing that the evil West does is apparently trick him. Because he is a great macho man... And he gets tricked constantly because he wants good. And then he started counting. He's been tricked in 2004, 2006, 2008, 2014, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2020. You, you see the pattern here, right? And there's a logical question that came out from, from these, uh, you know, the war corps and myself as well included. I mean, think about this. If you are a president of a country and you just publicly admitted that every time you do something diplomatically with the outside world, all let's presume this is true and this is the worst part because these guys actually believe the evil West theory, but what kind of a leader gets himself tricked by the same people over and over and over again? How does this even work with his macho image? Like, all the war crimes are like now saying, dude, 
Okay, fine. Trick me once, shame on shame on you. Trick me twice, shame on me. But trick me bajillion times and still claim that you are a very powerful leader who's totally in control that doesn't even, you know, whose only source of information that you, he truly believes in, I think. I think he really does because, you know, he, he wouldn't go out of his bunker if he didn't believe that Russia's war effort was, was going, like, swimmingly. But... But he, he, he admits he has no idea. He answers questions about Santa Claus. The law the Auras the limo doesn't work. And then he says that, you know, he's a very, very naive, trustworthy guy who can be scammed over and over and over again by the same people. I mean, hey, Western government, uh, EU has a lot of issues, a lot of troubles. And I'm, I'm you know, I, I don't care what you think about the United States government. That's not my specialty. I don't, I don't judge anyone there. But still, I mean, if I was running for president in 2024, I'd put this on my campaign slogan. Like, imagine this. What do you mean, a weak leader? I have tricked Putin for this many years together with my buddies there from the party, no matter which one you vote for, or even the EU parliament. Like, this could be a mark of pride, you know. How many times have you tricked Putin? Oh, only twice? Well, I've done it three times. I clearly am better politician. I mean... <laughs> This this is this is insanity to the levels that I don't know I, I hadn't had such laughter. Of course, all the data he pulled out was like I said, completely baseless, and he's just going there being optimistic, yelling at people. Oh wow, this I think is also kind of confusing because at the same time, Prigozhin comes out like and gives also a speech very close in time, like a day off from Putin, and Prigozhin says that the military goals have been like, like, have not been achieved, Ukraine's all militarized, they have more guns than ever, they have more people under arms than ever, everyone supports them, and, you know, we have totally lost the hearts and minds of Ukrainians, so, you know, if we wanted to make them brotherly nation, that has totally failed, and then Prigozhin states that maybe a change of leadership is in order. And, you know, that's a bit rough, and you'd think that Putin would say something against this, but if he does not... I mean, he's just out of his bunker and he's listening to his to his guys who are saying that everything is okay. This this actually led to such an outrage among the among the Zed people, the war corps people who call themselves war corps, but they even like lied to their own audiences. That I I was just laughing for for three hours straight. This is a senile man trying to pretend that he's cool, and and you know that he's the good guy, but admitting such public weakness. I don't know, Mr. Putin, maybe, maybe like Vojinui uh, Ugolok says in his Z channels, maybe Mr. Putin should retire to a country at home and leave running the country to someone else. He's like shooting himself in the leg, showing that he's a weak leader and has lost all touch with reality while Prigozhin's making direct threats to him. And I'm just laughing here because, hey, this speech and everything and all the outrage that it caused, oh boy. This is the direct path of Russia just internally collapsing, and it's just such stupidity as you'd hard to fathom. The takeaways are that Putin is not a strong leader, Putin has no plan, and no one knows what's going to happen soon, because Prigozhin might have a plan, we don't know, but he's going to have to fight with all the weird yes-men that Putin has gathered. Amazing. Just best news of the planet Earth. So yeah. That's it for today. I'll I'll go and laugh some more. I'll I'll just pick up some some more choice quotes as they are soon soon to happen because so far this Saint Petersburg International Economical Forum SPEEF, by the way SPEEF is also a nice way how to how to do things has been a goldmine for me. Oh wow! At any rate, that's it for today. 
До свидания, товарищи. And please consider supporting the show by either becoming a Patreon on patreon.com slash the Eastern Border or, you know, just click the donate button there on my website, theeasternborder.lv. That would help out a lot. And as always, happiness is mandatory. And today, well, this, this has been a fun ride. До свидания, товарищи.